It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. And as always, it is presented by BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. If you didn't see my tweet yesterday... I was one of the winners of the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge last week, which means I shared it. So I don't think all five of you get $100 into your account, but they're definitely going to put $100 into some of your accounts. So find that tweet at Ross Tucker NFL and reply to it with your betonline.ag account number. Make sure it's one that you got after you use the promo code podcast one for the 50% welcome bonus because that's like part of it. You need to have signed up for podcast one using that code, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. He's Joe Dolan. Most of you already know that. The only guy that's number one ranked the last five years by fantasypros.com as the top fantasy analyst again at fg underscore dolan i'm at ross tucker nfl twitter or instagram facebook you can check out the even money podcast today with my guy steve fezzik we are on fire after last week for those of you that want to fire in some thanksgiving game day bets you can absolutely do that check out the even money podcast and check out myfrontpagestory.com Cannot recommend it highly enough. If you're not sure what to get somebody for a gift, that is what you get them. Trust me. Myfrontpagestory.com. Joe, let's start episode two with the Rams and the Cardinals. Cardinals coming off a bye, but their offense had been heating up. Meanwhile, the Rams, it is really ugly for the Rams right now. Oh, boy. Uh you know, when we talk about these two teams in the NFC that are struggling so loudly, uh, L.A. and Philadelphia, you know, you look at Philadelphia and you're like, well, at least Wentz is throwing to, like, complete scrubs at the wide receiver position. The Rams are just more broken. I mean, Jared Goff had his full complement of weapons on Monday night uh, against Baltimore. He had his full complement. He had Cooper Cup. He had Robert Woods. He had Brandon Cooks. Um, the problem has started up front, and the Rams are just not winning consistently at the point of attack. And Jared Goff is struggling with pressure. A guy goes the entire month of November without throwing a touchdown pass. I mean, even against good defenses, guys get touchdown passes in garbage time or somebody breaks free for a play or they run a screen and something happens. I don't know if I've ever seen that. And this is not Dwayne Haskins here, Ross. This is Jared Goff, a guy who got paid over $100 million. Uh, It's all broken from the top down. Now, fortunately for the Rams, this is a good matchup. Arizona's defense has been bad all season long. I don't think the Rams have played them yet this year, but this has been a bad defense all season long. If the Rams do not bounce back in this game, when are they going to bounce back? And and I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. It won't be until 2020 if they don't bounce back in this game. And, and look, I'm not – again, I'm not running off Jared Goff for the rest of his career. He's in a bad stretch of football right now. We've seen him play – 
great stretches of football, but he is a guy who, and I think a lot of quarterbacks are like this, is a, the product of his surroundings. And while the skill positions are pretty damn good, especially at wide receiver, he is having problems with that offensive line. Baltimore ate him alive uh, on Monday night. Yeah, uh, they really did. I mean, so what I, – I still think Gurley actually looks pretty healthy and decent when he's running it. Yeah, well, I mean, they load-managed him uh, because they got blown out there. He had the 15-yard run, but he had only six carries against Baltimore. I would expect him to get more carries against the Cardinals. The Cardinals aren't going to score 45 points on on the Rams. So I think Gurley's a solid RB, two. I would play all three wide receivers because uh, uh, Patrick Peterson hasn't been the same. If uh, it, I mean, I think the guy who will cover – uh, Brandon Cooks will be Peterson, so maybe you downgrade Cooks, who really hasn't had that great a game all year. Um, but I, I'm in on Cup, and I'm in on Woods in this great matchup. I think Goff is DFS viable, but I don't blame you if you bench him in season long, a guy who didn't throw a touchdown pass in the entire month of November. Unbelievable. Are right, on the other side, the Cardinals? Um, not a great matchup for Kyler uh, Murray. He's going to have uh, Christian Kirk probably seeing quite a bit of Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey could also see some Larry Fitzgerald. We've seen Ramsey go into the slot more this year than he has recently. So I'm a, I'm a little hesitant to play Murray and his receivers. I think Kirk and, and Fitz are wide receiver threes uh, in season long. Probably not a, a pair that I'm targeting heavily for DFS. And the big question that I don't know the answer to is what does the Cardinal backfield look like? Because David Johnson didn't even get a single touch before the Cardinals' Week 12 bye. There's no way you can play David Johnson for fantasy right now. The only question is, are you going to drop him after Week 13 or not? Because if he comes out and he has a role, then maybe you don't drop him, but there's no way he can be in your lineup. I'm more willing to take a shot on Kenyon Drake, who's their lead back right now, but we also have to keep an eye on the status of Chase Edmonds, who had missed about a month with the hamstring injury. So there is a lot of questions here for this Cardinal offense. I do not like this team for fantasy this week. I know what just happened to the Rams, but that is unique. The Ravens just are running the most unique offense in the NFL right now. I don't think the Cardinals can replicate it. Interesting. So who are you playing? What are you recommending? Uh, I, well, Kirk and Fitz are like wide receiver threes. Um, and I think I think you can take a shot on Kenyon Drake as a flex play, but I have more questions than answers about this Cardinal team right now. Chargers are at the Broncos. Chargers coming off a bye. Broncos did nothing in Buffalo. Uh, yeah, it was a bad game for Brandon Allen and company. He threw for under uh, a uh, under a hundred yards. The question we have right now is are the Broncos going to start Drew Locke at quarterback? And maybe Drew Locke isn't the answer, but he would at least make this team like uh, exciting to watch in some level because he at least has some pedigree to him. Um, I, I think right now for the Broncos, you're at the point where there's two guys you're considering for fantasy. Philip Lindsay and Cortland Sutton. We know what happened to Sutton last week. He had a terrible matchup against Tredavious White. Things are a little bit better this week against the Chargers, though keep in mind the Chargers are looking to bring Derwin James off of IR. So that could make things tougher for both Sutton and for Noah Fant. It, it, for, for Denver right now, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I, I really, really don't want to play anybody outside of Cortland Sutton or Phillip Lindsay, who's really become kind of their lead back here. What about on the other side with the well, – uh, go ahead. Yeah, I, well, Mike Williams, I think, is going to see um, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Chris Harris on the perimeter. Now, maybe Chris Harris moves inside to cover Keenan Allen. He is good at that. Uh, he has done it in the past, but he's been mostly staying on the outside. So bad matchup for Mike Williams. I think the Chargers are kind of the same team every week. 
Phillip Rivers is a very low ceiling fantasy quarterback, and he is playing poorly. Uh, he was playing poorly heading into the bye, so I'm not really keen on him. Um, Denver's defense might actually be a contrarian DFS defense because of the way Rivers has been turning the ball over. So for the Chargers, Melvin Gordon, I think he's an RB1 borderline guy. Austin Eckler, RB2. I'm playing Keenan Allen. I'm probably benching Mike Williams this week. And Hunter Henry is in my lineup each and every week. I don't really like Rivers this week. Um, this is a bad fantasy game. It's lined at under 40 points. And I uh, I can see exactly why. Yeah. Um, all right. How about the Raiders who fell flat on their face against the New York Jets and look like they'll be without Hunter Renfro for a while at the Chiefs coming off a of bye? Well, the thing with Hunter Renfro now is you wonder, does this mean Darren Waller's going to get more targets? Because although Waller's been fine for fantasy, he hasn't been showing the ceiling that he was early in the year. And since Renfro's been getting more targets, his target share has kind of gone down. So you wonder if this narrows the target tree uh, to get Darren Waller more involved. I love Darren Waller for DFS this week. I understand he's been burning people, but the Raiders are going to have to score to keep up with Kansas City. And I do not expect that it's going to be the utter slop fest that they had last week against the, the Jets. I understand it's on the road, but that was a burn-the-tape game. I think John Gruden said as much. Um, I think they'll be much more ready to play in a later afternoon game here in Kansas City. Um, uh, unfortunately, they they didn't have that game last week to set up a 7-4 and against 7-4 and matchup, but they still have their playoff lives to play for. So uh, I, I expect the Raiders to bounce back. I really like uh, Darren Waller. I like Tyrell Williams, and I kind of like Derek Carr in this game after all of them laid an egg last week. The guy I'm a little bit concerned about is Josh Jacobs because he played under 40% of the snaps last week against the Jets. They are insistent that Jalen Richard is their hurry-up back. I don't see why. I think Jacobs is a great receiver, but that is something to consider. With this game expected to be as high-scoring as it is, this might turn out to be a Jalen Richard and not a Josh Jacobs game. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, um, it's just it's bizarre to me. And the problem is also they work in DeAndre Washington. So there's that third back kind of messing things up. And that's what happened to Josh Jacobs last week. The game flow and the fact that they are insistent that Richard is the hurry up back. And they also need to work DeAndre Washington in. I don't understand why they do it. But uh, I, I would if, if I were the Raiders, I'd give Jacobs the ball more. But uh, he's probably going to be outside of my top 10 this week. What about the Chiefs coming off the bye? Tyreek Hill, start him. Travis Kelsey, start him. Patrick Mahomes, start him. I mean, that, that's about as easy a call as it gets. I mean, I mean, Mahomes did throw for nearly 450 before the bye, even though they lost. Uh, the questions now are the backfield. What's up with Damian Williams? They're working out running backs this week. Williams is less than 100%, might not go. I guess that would make LaShawn McCoy the safest. Uh, does Daryl Williams get some carries? So I would consider LaShawn McCoy an RB2 and Daryl Williams a low-end flex if Damian Williams does not play. So there's that. You also have to look at Sammy Watkins, who is like, I'm beginning to understand that he's like the worst good player in the NFL. Like he, he had a run of eight, 10 and nine targets. And then against the chargers uh, in week 11, before their bye, two for 26 on three targets. Uh, he's a wide receiver three, but the Chiefs right now, I almost think I would rather play Demarcus Robinson as an upside play than take a shot on Sammy Watkins because Watkins hasn't done jack squat since week one when he went off for three touchdowns. Still, his only three touchdowns of the season. 
Nightcap Sunday night. It's the Patriots at the Texans. Patriots still pretty offensively challenged there, Joe. Yeah, they just don't. They're 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 kind of like a more talented version of the Eagles. They just don't have a lot of speed on the perimeter. Though, of course, they were hurt last week by the fact that Mohamed Sanu and Philip Dorsett did not play against Dallas. So that's going to hurt matters. But they don't have a lot of speed on the perimeter, and their offensive line has been a problem. Fortunately for New England, Houston's secondary is a problem, and uh, Houston's pass rush obviously took a big hit with the loss of J.J. Watt. So maybe some of those issues will be uh, will be uh, kind of uh, rectified for the Patriots. The one thing that's been bizarre to me about the Patriots, look at the last two games for James White on your box scores. Against Philadelphia, four catches for 16 yards, five for 20 rushing. So he had just 7.6 points in a PPR. Then against Dallas, he had negative one yards from scrimmage. I don't know what's going on with a guy who had been one of the most consistent assets in all of fantasy football, but he is now in the low-end flex options. Um, and Sony Michelle, I would think the Patriots are going to keep this game close and think they can run the ball on the Texans, who got carved up by Jonathan Williams last week. So I think this is a good spot for Sony Michelle. I think he gets in the end zone for the first time since week number seven. And I think it's a really good spot, as most are, for Julian Edelman, who gets to attack that shorthanded Texan secondary. It's a great spot for those two guys. I have them both high. But the rest of this team, I'm just not really enthused about for fantasy. And that includes Tom Brady. Okay. Uh, well, then what about the Texans? Deshaun Watson, we know about. Hopkins, we know about. How about Will Fuller? Oh, Will Fuller is, I think he just makes uh, Deshaun Watson a better player. There's just something about Will Fuller's presence. And look, Kenny Stills can run fast and open things up across the middle, but Will Fuller actually makes plays. Um, There's just something about his presence that makes Deshaun Watson a better quarterback. I think Watson is an aggressive mentality quarterback, and we see that bear out. You know, he makes some inaccurate throws. He'll turn the ball over. He'll run into sacks. But he's always looking to make the plays down the field. And Will Fuller makes him a better player. So Will Fuller's interesting in this game because, hey, look, I understand. This New England defense, the man coverage, it's good everywhere. But you would definitely anticipate Stephon Gilmore is going to follow DeAndre Hopkins around. And that is going to open things up, I believe, for Will Fuller. I expect Deshaun Watson, for better or worse, to try to hit Will Fuller down the field in this game. How about Carlos Hyde? Uh, RB3 every week. Just uh, Mr. Steady. He's had a better year than any of us could have anticipated, but he doesn't catch the ball a whole lot, and he's kind of touchdown reliant. He has busted off some long runs. Uh, By the way, Carlos Hyde is on pace uh, uh, for, uh, I believe, well over. I think he's on pace for almost like 1,200 yards rushing. So a hell of a signing here for uh, for Bill O'Brien and the boys. But uh, he's just kind of touchdown and big play reliant. He's an RB3 flex option in a week when 16 16 games are played. All 32 teams are on the schedule. Monday night, it's the Vikings and the Seahawks. Vikings coming off of uh, a bye. Looks like they might get Thielen back. Uh, And that's good because... Seattle is a team you exploit on the back end. Last week, they played a Philadelphia team that's utterly incapable of doing so. Um, But Minnesota with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, those are far better than what Philadelphia was throwing out there. Greg Ward is not walking through that door against the Seattle Seahawks. So uh, this is a great spot for Diggs and Thielen, and I actually like the spot for Kirk Cousins. The one thing is I would be a little bit concerned about Cousins 
on the road in Seattle, especially if the conditions are bad. So keep an eye on that. But I do believe this is going to be a great game for the Minnesota offense. You have to play Dalvin Cook each and every week. But Thielen and Diggs, I like them both against a Seattle secondary that is no longer your daddy's Legion of Boom. Yeah. What what else do we have running back wise, tight end wise? I mean, it's Dalvin Cook. You play him every week. Um, Love him this week. Uh, Well, I mean, I love him every week. His matchup is worse than that of the receivers, but it's Dalvin Cook. So you play him. Now, Seattle's given up the second most fantasy points to tight ends over the last five weeks. However, you have to keep into account that they gave up 19 catches to the Eagles tight ends last week because the Eagles don't have anybody else to throw the ball to. So they're going to throw the ball. They're going to filter. So I think those numbers, even though Seattle's been gotten by the tight end, are overinflated because of the way the Eagles play. Um, But that being said, I think Kyle Rudolph is viable as a lower end tight end one. On the other side, the Seahawks. Here is the big question. What are they going to do in the backfield? Because Chris Carson was responsible for two fumbles against the Eagles. Now, he was charged with only one. The other one was charged to Russell Wilson, but it was because it was on the exchange and it was Carson's fault. That happened to coincide with Rashad Penny playing the best game of the year. So Rashad Penny is going to be a very popular waiver wire pickup this week and for good reason because the Seahawks are going to run the football. It doesn't matter if it's with Carson or if it's with Penny. They told you all year and in and basically in Pete Carroll's entire tenure, we're going to run the ball. So they're going to run it whether it's Carson or Penny. So I I am downgrading Chris Carson this week. I have to move Rashad Penny up the board because this was the game where Penny had a strong game coinciding with Chris Carson struggling. So I think Penny's going to get some more opportunities in this game. Chris Carson, low-end RB2 against this Minnesota front, and I think Penny is is flex-worthy this week. I actually like the matchup for the passing game a lot better because I don't think their corners in Minnesota can run. I think Tyler Lockett bounces back um, uh, from just having, I think it was one catch against Philadelphia. I think he bounces back and has a big game against these slow corners, Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes. I think Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are fully in play here. Um, I like both of them. I like Lockett as a high-end wide receiver two and Metcalf as a high-end wide receiver three. I think this is a game at home where Wilson bounces back from a bad game last week and connects on a couple of deep balls. Let's talk about the running backs, Joe. Uh, Was there a changing of the guard Sunday? Well, like I said, Ross, I mean, Chris Carson coincided. struggling. uh, Chris Carson struggled, and it coincided with Rashad Penny having a big day. I know, so I'm just curious what that means moving forward. Right, because even when Carson had struggled in the past, you would say, all right, yeah, he fumbled again, but he had 20 carries for 115 yards, and he caught six passes. That didn't happen against Philadelphia. So I think Carson in a tougher matchup is a low-end RB2, and I think I think Rashad Penny is a high-end flex. I think Penny is a potential league winner if the Seahawks say they have had enough of Carson's fumbles. That was our first big day in a while, Joe, but you absolutely nailed it. Speaking of nailing it, look, the holidays are here. Give yourself the gift of a little extra money in your pocket. Pay off your credit card balances and save with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Roll your high-interest credit card payments into just one payment at a lower fixed rate. Lightstream's credit card consolidation loans have rates as low as 5.95% APR. 
with AutoPay. You could literally save thousands in interest. Thousands. Just for my listeners, if you apply now, you get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash feast. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash feast. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply. And offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash feast for more information. Lightstream.com slash feast. Speaking of a feast, hope you guys have a terrific one on your Thanksgiving holiday. Really hope everything goes well. You get to be with your family. I will not be with my family. I will be in Detroit calling the Lions and the Bears game for Westwood One Radio. So... Uh, hug your family extra tight for me. Have an extra daddy soda for me. And if you're driving around, listen to the game a little bit. Tell me what you think. At Ross Tucker NFL. I think I'm stuffed and we're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast. Even money, business of sports, and the college draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.